Jason. It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. So great show planned out here. Plus, you know, a uh, big name into the portal for Purdue basketball. We got to discuss all that and more. Let's get into it. It's time for that need to know news. Here's your need to know news. And uh, we'll get started with that big name. It's Brandon Newman into the transfer portal released a statement on his Twitter thanking fans yesterday. I mean, look, shouldn't be too much of a surprise. Big log jam there uh, at guard. I mean, you got Colvin coming in. He looks great. Cam Heidi coming off of the red shirt. I don't blame me. He's got this degree in hand, so he's going to look for a new home. I will be shocked. I would be shocked. Not, I'm not saying that it's a... Uh, uh, I'd say that it's a lock, but you gotta think. For a kid from the Chicago area, right? Originally? I mean, Notre Dame just makes a heck of a lot of sense for him. Go up there with your old buddy, Micah Shrewsbury. That just seems to make all the sense in the world. So I like I said, I, I would be absolutely shocked if that's not where he ends up. Where if he does end up, I, I do wish him the absolute best. Help you miss, man. Uh Pacers last night. Yeah, they're gonna take an L. 138 to 129 against the New York Knicks. They are eliminated now from the uh from the playoffs. I believe they did that earlier in the week. And maybe I just forgot to mention it. The Bulls are in. They do have a play-in tournament spot. So they'll be good to go. But uh, it is over for those uh, wonderful, wonderful Indiana Pacers. You had a lot of high hopes for them, didn't you? Oh, well. We'll see if they can get themselves a good draft spot. It'd be nice. And continue to add to that young core. Uh, they will play the uh, Pistons uh, tomorrow. They're going to host the Pistons and Jaden Ivey, who lost their 11th in a row last night. But Jaden's been pretty darn good since the All-Star break. 23 points, 10 assists last night. He's now 66 points back from Isaiah Thomas in Detroit's all-time rookie scorers. Now, it's not the top spot. So he needs 66 points to catch Thomas. He's at 11.59 right now. The record's 1,772, so he's not going to get there in 10 in ten games. But he is 235 behind Grant Hill, 
who was about the only guy in the top five that wasn't setting these scoring records back in the 70s. Grand Hill's third all-time. So that is, that's within reach because he's been averaging about 20 points a game since the All-Star break. So he needs 235. So he needs to average 23 and a half points per game down the stretch to catch Grant. That'd be something. Uh, he will become, most likely, uh, the second uh, second in rookie assists for Detroit all time. There's no way he's catching that toss. But I looked at yesterday, and he was like, going into the game, I think he needed like 25 more to become number two, and he got 10 last night. And it's like another couple hundred to get to number one, which was Thomas. So, uh, But still, you love to see how well he's doing. And, you know, passing an IU grad is always a nice little caveat, isn't it? Uh, Blackhawks in Vancouver tonight. Big underdogs again. Looking for that second win in a row. Canucks have won the previous two meetings, but Vancouver, sub-500, has lost uh, their last two, or the last four games. Uh, three of those have been at home, too. Uh, White Sox are in action as we speak. Lance Lynn, boy, I'll tell you what, uh, dude got roughed up early on here in the uh, first and second innings. Uh, they dug themselves into an early 4 nothing hole, uh, but then the White Sox trying to uh, climb out of that one. Did a decent job here in the bottom of the second, got two more of those back. But uh, right now, Lance Lynn, three innings, four hits, four earned, two walks, four strikeouts. He's given up two homers, so 50% of his hits have been home runs today. Not great. Tim Anderson off to a good start, one for 2 uh, with uh, two RBIs. Uh, Luis Robert, uh, who... I meant to bet before the game. I mean, they're playing a lefty. And you know how White Sox are against lefties. Uh, Luis Roberts got a uh, one-for-two day. Burgers one-for-two as well. We'll keep you posted here. Uh, those runs, by the way, uh, came from, like I said, uh, Tim Anderson, uh, an infield single, and uh, he scored two on the RBIs there. So did I see one? I think I meant two. Anyway, uh, so we'll keep an eye out on the White Sox for you. Bottom third, there's uh, one out right now. Uh, and, uh, again, down two runs here. So that'll do it. Uh, it's kind of a light sports day. I don't have any high school stuff yesterday because of uh, all the rain. So uh, that is uh, today's need-to-know news. Let's – oh, Masters, by the way, if you're curious right now. Victor Hovland still running things here through 17. He is 7-under. Uh, that is good for the lead. John Rahm, 6-under through 16. Adam Scott, 5-under through 16. Shane Lowry in the clubhouse with a 68 four under. Uh, there's a lot of four unders, including Xander Shoffley. Uh, Brooks Kepka is in there. Uh, Sam Burns. Justin Thomas is three under through 16. Uh, Phil Mickelson in the uh, sniffing around the top 10. He's two under through 10. Uh, Scheffler's been another betting favorite here. He's two under through five early on. Spieth, two under through four. Um, other guys we're watching today, obviously Tiger, and uh, he, boy, he had three bogeys on the uh, front nine, then one birdie. Uh, he's come back here after having a uh, bogey on 11. He was three under on the tournament now and uh, went and birdie 15 and 16. He's on 18 uh, as of right now. DJ is one over through seven. Um, and again, I'm just going through the board here. Uh, Bryson Shambo struggling today. Uh, at plus four, Will Zalatoris had to withdraw right before he got onto the tee box. Uh, I did not see what or why he did that, but uh, yeah, Happy Gilmore's caddy not competing 
you're in the Masters. So there you go. That is need to know news. I wish I got a late night note on Bryson DeChambeau and how bad he has come out of the gate. I took him plus money to not make the cut. Seemed like a prudent bet at the time, and uh, it still looks pretty darn good. So uh, let's go ahead and get you a best bet for today. Uh, you know we like to use our friends over at DraftKings, a 33% same-game parlay X profit boost today when you combine your same-game parlay uh, with any other bet. Uh, also, an up to 100% boost on an MLB same-game parlay. You can use that same thing in the NBA tonight, and same thing, get a up to 100% boost on an NHL parlay. So uh, whatever your action is, they have got you covered here this evening. Tonight, um, all right, I, a little bit of a gut play. I had a, a buddy of mine throw this one at me. Josiah Gray over four and a half strikeouts tonight as the Nationals are in Colorado to take on the Rockies. I look back at what Gray has done over the last, uh, you know, like 10 starts. I like to use StatMuse for that. If you don't use StatMuse, you should definitely use StatMuse when you're looking for things. It is literally one of the greatest uh, sites if you are looking for stats on the NBA, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball. If they had college stuff, oh my goodness, that would be... uh, I, I would I wouldn't know what to do with myself. That would be the greatest website of all time. But uh, if you look back at what Gray has done over the last ten games, the strikeout column, uh, he usually hovers around like three or four. So that set off a little bit of like red flags. But then I, I looked at how he is against uh, this starting lineup that the Rockies are putting out. Rockies give up ten strikeouts per game so far. Gray has faced seven, uh, no six of the nine. Starters, and everybody against him is 250 or lower, and we've racked up six strikeouts. I like him in this matchup for that because now I'm getting really good value to get to that five. So I'm going to go ahead and take Josiah Gray tonight. Uh, we also like Dougie Hamilton shots tonight. That's right, Dougie Hamilton. And if you're not familiar with hockey, uh, my man plays there for the uh, the Devils, New Jersey. Oh gosh, I got to do Jersey here. But, big fan of what he is able to do here. Um, 4.8 shots per game over the last five. They got him listed at over three and a half. He has 34 shots on goal in his last six games against Columbus. So he's averaging darn near six. We only need four out of Dougie Hamilton tonight. Columbus is packing it in for the season. They're done. I'm also on Dougie Hamilton tonight. Is it over three and a half? And you're getting pretty decent odds on that. You're probably about minus one ten, and uh, that is that can be rare in the hockey bets. So we're going with Josiah Gray over four and a half strikeouts. We're going Dougie Hamilton over three and a half shots on goal tonight against Columbus. Those are our best bets. Love them. Lock them in. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, I've got Aaron Wood, head coach, first-year head coach of the West Lafayette Red Devil baseball team. They're taking on McCutcheon tonight. We'll talk with him. He's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. It's the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. one oh one seven. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. We're over to our Hammerhead Hotline coach, Aaron Wood of the West Lafayette baseball team is on with us coach uh, a pleasure to have you on here first and foremost uh, you know congratulations uh, your your first year here you're getting started 
Uh, talk to me a little bit about you, that moment. You, you get the call from uh, Joel Strode here. He says, hey, uh, I need you to be the head man of uh, the baseball team. Uh, what was that moment like for you? Um, well, first off, thanks for having me. But, um, no, it was great. Um, like, I, like I've told many people before, um, this program has meant a lot to me. Uh, I was a member of this program for four years and from 97 to 2000. I uh, came back in 02 and coached with Dan Walbaum and Joel Strode. And so um, this this program uh, has been close to my heart. And so having the opportunity to um, sort of put my mark on uh, has been uh, a real joy um, for the past, whatever, four or five months. Um, and uh, it's really been actually a ton of fun for me to just get to know these guys because uh, they're they're a great group. There, there's a few familiar faces in there from football for you, but uh, it, it's not like maybe some of the other schools where there, there's a lot of crossover here. So, uh, what are the differences for you in, in coaching with baseball as opposed to uh, you know with your assistant role over in football? Uh, do you have to change some philosophies the way you approach things? You know, one you're assistant, one you're a head coach. Like, hey, kind of tell me what are some of the differences there in, in adjusting from football to baseball? Well, I think the main thing is just that I have to have a real overview of what's happening from top to bottom. Um, I have a real, I have a real focused uh, responsibility when it comes to football. Um, I do running backs and offense and help out with a little bit of special teams and, you know, whatever I'm asked to do. And with baseball, it's been just kind of making sure that everybody's in the right place at the right times. And, and you, as you know, you know, the weather in the spring, it can be very, very challenging. Um, but in terms of dealing with players, uh, I try to be the same person. Um, really, uh, what we're trying to do is uh, create great young men um, who, you know, sort of deal with failure because this is a sport where we fail a lot. <laughs> and uh, it's the people who handle it best that have the most success. And so that's kind of where we're at right now is, hey, you know, I just need you to go out and play as hard as you can every time you're out there and if you do that good things are going to happen when you you take over a program and you're in those like first months what what's what's that like what what are your big struggles what are the things that you um you you know need need some help maybe getting off the ground obviously there's some overlap into the winter sports and and uh, getting time with you know like pitchers and stuff and getting in and throwing uh, that can be some difficulty, but you know you're you're coming in here. You're you're trying to set a culture. You're trying to set a tone, priorities and stuff. Uh, talk about what are what are the struggles when you take over a baseball team? Um, well, I think first and foremost, it's you know getting your time uh, with your guys. Uh, the game has has honestly changed a lot in the last six years. When uh, since the last time I was on a baseball diamond, and um, the open facility that we're that's available to us just wasn't there. Uh, and so you're getting the time with your guys. You're just sort of trying to figure out what you have, honestly. Um, you know, who fits where, uh, what are their strengths and doing that inside can be very, very challenging. Um, and so while you're trying to evaluate, I I guess at, at that point, you're also just trying to teach as much as possible, you know, little, the little things. Um, but in terms of taking over a program, I think the hardest part is just, you know, where do you begin? There's just so much to do and so little time. Um, and so you, you lean on people. You lean on people like 
Joel Stroh to have done this before. You lean on people like Dan Walbaum who's done this before. You lean on people like Shane Fry and David Wood, honestly, and um, you just say, hey, where would you start? <laughs> and um, honestly, that's been my biggest advantage, I feel like, is just having those people who are willing to just, you know, hey, slow down a little bit, take your time, you know, get things the way you like it, and then and then add something else. So they've been a real help to me. We're talking with Coach Aaron Wood, West Lafayette Baseball, here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline as uh, they're going to take on McCutcheon tonight. Yesterday's game got uh, bumped uh, due to the weather, but you guys came off uh, an already a, an opening win here with uh, Frankfurt 9-3. to uh, That's, a, that's a, a good one there because you know seven runs in the sixth inning is great. You had seven and nine guys, I believe, get hits uh, in that game, and if they didn't get a hit, they got a run. Uh, it seems like that was a real team effort from uh, a, a batting perspective. Baseball, or I'm sorry, pitching uh, seemed uh, pretty solid here as uh, well as, you know, Bedworth and Jack Schaefer both gave you uh, some uh, quality innings. Carson Kitchell comes in and cleans it up and uh, just, just seems like an overall good team performance. Uh, talk about your first game, what kind of those emotions were like. And, you know, early on there when, you know, you're looking at 0-0 at the end of the fourth do you get a little bit nervous, uh, maybe, uh, for what this outcome might be in your opener? Um, I don't know. I, I think I was really pleased with what I saw on Monday with, um, in terms of all of these guys. You know, I think you know what you're going to get when you uh, have Evan Cook, you know, up at the plate. You know what you're going to get with Jack Schaefer up at the plate. But other than that, you know, I, I everybody else was very new to me. Um, and we had some guys, I think that, you know, we've been waiting on kind of to just show who they were and Julian Smith out of kind of out of nowhere for us, he gets three hits, uh, two RBIs. Um, and, and those are the kinds of guys, you know, we're going to need to step up if we're going to have that kind of success. Now, you know, I, I just, I have a lot of confidence in these guys and we just kind of remain positive through, you know, some of the ups and downs of first three or four innings and and finally we just we broke through and 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 we had a little fun it must also be a real luxury for you you know most of those guys on that uh, starting lineup there all upperclassmen outside of uh, Ben Worth who was hitting in the leadoff spot for you when you come in and and you talk about trying to uh, a lot of things you want to change a lot of tones that you want to set and and routines you want to get into I mean how much uh, of a luxury is it to have that many upperclassmen kind of set in the program know what the program's supposed to be about uh to help you get started uh it was great honestly uh there's been great buy-in they've really been uh helpful with sort of you know uh the transition and not a lot of ton changes right it's baseball is baseball uh just more terminology than anything and my my older guys have really been great for my younger guys and then you you mentioned ben worth as a freshman um he, he's probably, I don't view him much as a freshman anymore after his varsity basketball season. Um, he, he's full of confidence, and that's what I love most about him. But we've really got a, a nice group of upperclassmen who have really bought into what we're trying to do. And, and I think that at the end of the day, that's going to uh, create some success for us. You know, I know players have individual goals. I know teams have goals. But as a coach here, what is your goal for this season? Honestly, it's, you know, I feel like this is really cliche, but we're trying to get better. You know, uh, I I use my dad a lot, right? He, mm-hmm. he talks about 
in Indiana, everybody gets in the tournament. So we have 24 practice games to get to be as good as we can possibly be so that when May comes around um, and sectionals and, you know, we've got to face, uh, you know, a solid group at Northwestern uh, with that, with a really, really good sectional, are we the best that we possibly can be at that point in time? You know, so so winning games is great, but getting better is is really, really important to what we're doing right now. And uh, I tell you what, if you're going to listen to anybody, you, your dad, uh, obviously a uh, legendary figure, not just over at Westside, but in this community. And uh, for the, uh, the the contributions that he's made to the youth, I have to imagine he's very, very proud of you. Uh, I, I know he's always been proud of you with the uh, with, with the coaching at uh, you know the the assistant level, but to, to have your own program. Uh, what did he say to you uh, when you told him the news that uh, you were going to be the next head man over at baseball? Well, I think he was happy, and I hope that I make him proud. But um, you know, honestly, he just told me to be me, and and that's going to be good enough. And so, and I actually really really appreciate. It that advice because I think sometimes we get in these roles and we try to be other people. We try to emulate other people. Um, but we sort of have to do it our own way. And that was really the advice that he gave me is, you know, find out what you want and then go after it, you know? And so there, you know, I could, there are tons of great coaches in this area that obviously are kind of the standard. If you think about it, you know, Tim Bourdain and Jake Burton are the standard when it comes to winning and, baseball and the the Tipsy County area, but I'm not sure if I'm those guys. And so I have to do that my way um, the, to the best of my ability. He's the best. I absolutely love him. And I'll tell you what, I'm so happy that you got this job here too. I know we always had a good report and come out for football. I know those kids respond to you. I know this program's in, in great hands and uh, just talking to you about it here. Uh, I, I can tell these kids are going to get better throughout the season and uh, they're going to be better young men after the uh, entire journey, too. So uh, I'm so excited for you, my friend. This is uh, great stuff. Uh, fun things happening over there at Westside Baseball. And, again, they're going to take on uh, McCutcheon here tonight. But, hey, best of luck with that one. I'm excited to see where this team goes this year. Uh, and uh, I can't thank you enough. I know you're busy, guys, so thank you so much for the time. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Big thank you to Coach uh, Aaron Wood there, West Lafayette Red Devils. We'll uh, get the show posted up after the show, and uh, you can go back and take a listen to that. Sounds like a seasoned pro doing these things already. I, I tell you what, I always love going over and seeing him when we do football, and uh, I, I think he's a, a great mentor to young folks. Uh, I uh, and I tell you what, I absolutely love uh, I love his dad. It's always great to talk sports with him. And you love that you get a former player back. Uh, you know, these programs are able to bring former players back into the fold. I always think it's great. I know, um, like, I, CC football is great at that, uh, bringing the grads back in, especially for being such a, uh, a small school. But I think it's great when you have coaches and mentors who have been there specifically in that spot that want to spend their time to come back and, and help guide the, the next generation. I, I think that's fantastic. Real jealous of the uh, young men that, that get that kind of mentorship. That's just great stuff. And uh, you can hear it in his voice. 
you know, not only is he taking this very seriously, but you can tell how much it means to him. And I, I don't want to, I'm not throwing shade at any other coach or anything like that, but uh, not everybody's in that type of spot and and has that kind of uh, uh, appreciation uh, when it comes to the job, too. So uh, it's fantastic to get to hear from him. Uh, I'm excited for that program. Always pull, I always pull for all of our local programs, but uh, you want to see good people succeed, and uh, I think he's good people. So um, that's the fantastic talk with him. All right, uh, yesterday evening, the uh, news breaks here. It's the first Purdue men's basketball player in the portal, and it's Brandon Newman. I don't think that is a surprise to most people. That seemed like something that was on its way because of, you know, the playing time and how crowded it had gotten on the perimeter at Purdue. I think a lot of people had thought that last year he would go as well, like Eric Hunter Jr. did, that maybe Brandon would go too. You, know, you were bringing in Lawyer, you were bringing in um, Smith, David Jenkins Jr.'s coming in. Maybe it was a little bit too crowded, but credit to him. You know, he stayed here. He wanted to finish, uh, you know, his his degree and stuff, which I believe he did. Was my understanding, and now with his you know remaining year, he'd like to maybe go and get that playing time. And with Cam Heidi coming off the red shirt, Miles Colvin coming in, it gets even a little bit more crowded. And, and I I understand, I, I really do. I would love for guys to stay here and and have it work out. But I also understand that you've only got so much time from the NCAA, especially if you got your degree in hand. If you'd like to spend that that other year and go someplace where you feel like you can get some more minutes, some more time, maybe be a starter. I I, I don't blame you. This is you know these are the type of reasons why the portal was created. I know it's getting used in some instances for superstars to be able just to go ahead and move. Dick Vitale tweeted out today that, uh, oh, now he suspects there's cheating because it's not just, you know, the guys that want to move to get some playing time. It's the superstars that are moving. He thinks there might be cheating. Gee, you think? (laughs) You think a guy that hangs around programs like Duke and UNC and, you know, big money programs like that would have a little bit better of a sense of those things, but I guess not. But Brandon was very, you know, instrumental, especially in December this year when this team just seemingly couldn't hit down, you know, knock down a three. I thought he did a good job of uh, carrying that category in uh, the middle of December through the holiday. But he always had a very up and down career the last couple of years. Seems sometimes it's just hard to get into a rhythm when you're, you know, playing the minutes that you're playing. But he came in in 2020, and I mean, you know, he started 23 games that year. Started one last year, six this year. And I think fans really liked him. I I really do. I I know I liked him. That freshman year, you saw the potential there, and you were hoping that it was going to continue to grow. And then, you know, it just got crowded. It got tough. 
I get it. But I, I'm going to give him a lot of credit for sticking around for as, you know, as long as he did. I don't think the guy ever really mailed it in. But yeah, if you feel like you want to, I get it. In his situation, I I 100% I get it. Now, where does he go? I said at the top of the show, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't end up in uh, green and gold up north with his old buddy Micah Shrewsbury. I mean, that just makes sense, right? I think he's a, a kind of guy, and I think it was, was talking with Bobby Buckets about this. He, he said, look, he could be like a Jalen Pickett. Now, maybe just some fresh scenery might help him out. And being a Valpo guy, of course, you know, the region, you know, Notre Dame always plays a part in your upbringing. I get that. But to be paired up with Micah Shrewsbury, who will find a good way to use him, I think, uh, who needs some senior leadership on that team as well. I mean, he, he definitely needs to be in the portal. Heck, maybe even Notre Dame has a little bit of an NIL vehicle uh, than Penn State does. That seemed to be one of the reasons why he left Penn State when he got offered this. That you know, As much as he's like Penn State, the NIL deal for basketball was not great. And you saw what he did without the NIL. Imagine what he do with the NIL. So it might be a better situation all around for him. Could end up somewhere else. That just off the top of my head seemed like the most likely landing spot. I didn't, I really didn't go back to, um, to the basketball, like recruiting sites and see, because I don't really, re, I just, I can't remember off the top of my head. Who else was in on him before Purdue? I mean, if you can remember, good luck. Um, well, Ohio State offered, so you know maybe Thad Mata's a, a a guy that's going to make a call. Xavier was uh, Xavier had made some calls. Indiana had made some calls. Although Indiana's a bit of a different situation now. Uh, Maryland had offered him. Florida State had offered. Creighton had offered. So, yeah, I mean, those are, you know, you look at those established relationships sometimes and see if there's room for you there. But I just got, I, I got to think that there's, Room to grow and time to play if he wants to head up north to uh, South Bend. Whatever he decides to do, again, I I thank him for his service. I think he's been a wonderful Boilermaker. I'm just, I'm sad, you know, last year only had the, and got the 25 games, only got to start one of them. After a season where you started 23 of 28 games. 
So yeah, I, I like to if he's going to have a new situation and that gives him a chance. I know some you know old guys going to go. Well, you know, you made a commitment. I don't know, if you got your degree. I mean, come on. Give him a break. I just, I, I know some people too will harken back to Matt Harns. I think this is different. You know this is different. But I'm excited for the young man. I'd like to see where he ends up and wherever he does end up. I, I hope it's a, a good situation for him. But yeah, I would expect Thad to come calling down there. Butler, I would expect Micah Shrewsbury to be putting in some calls. And I'm, I'm sure there's uh, several other suitors uh, out there that uh, would not mind his services. We're going to take one more break here when we come back. Things we may have missed, including uh, the women's team uh, getting themselves into a uh, nice little holiday tournament. Uh, they just dropped that info. We'll talk about that. And a uh, another Big Ten player that's in the transfer portal who's staying in the Big Ten. That's all coming up. Stick around. We'll wrap up the Hammer Down Show next. It's the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Chesilitis. It's not going well for the White Sox. I couldn't just live bet the over 10 after the second inning, could I? No, I had to take the White Sox comeback. I got greedy. 8-3 to three in the middle of the fifth. White Sox actually got uh, two more runs put up on them on the fourth, so it turned into a 6-2 to two game. Uh, they got a run in the bottom of the fourth which made it 6-3, uh, to three, and then another two runs given up in the top of the fifth. Uh, all eight of those runs charged to Lance Lynn. He finishes 4-3, to third, nine hits, eight earned runs, three walks, five strikeouts, three home runs. Ugh. Ran the pitch count up to 99 in four and a third innings. Not looking good. Not looking good, but... Uh, Nothing else really of note to. I'm looking at the stat box right now. Ugh. Nothing's really changed at the uh, Masters. Tiger does bogey that last hole, so uh, he's got work to do. If Tiger wants to make the cut, he finished, uh, where was it? I just had it here. He's at two over, so he shoots a 74. That puts him down at 54th. So, yeah, he'll have he'll have a little bit of work to do. Victor Hovland in the clubhouse with a 7-under 65. Tied with John Rahm also in the clubhouse for the round one lead. Um, also in the clubhouse with a 67, Cameron Young in third. Shane Lowry and Xander Shoffley uh, with uh, 68s on the day. And Adam Scott also joins them as uh, he's gone final with a 68. So seven under, two leaders, uh, and then you've got uh, a whole bunch at four under, including Sam Burns, uh, Brooks Kepka also in there as well. Kepka four under through 13. Uh, so we'll keep an eye out on some of those guys. But, yeah, that's uh, it's been an interesting day so far at the Masters. Time for some of the things that we may have missed Jamison Battle will uh, hit the transfer portal, and he's already found a home. That's right, he's out of Minnesota, and uh, he will spend a fifth year going over to Ohio State. Always interesting when guys transfer 
inside the conference. So Ohio State gets themselves a power forward. Interesting. Also getting announced here after we went on the air, Purdue women's basketball is going to head back to the Bahamas for Thanksgiving to compete in the 2023 Mar Hoops Pink Flamingo Championship. And uh, there'll be a Nassau for that one at the Mar Resort. I uh, Hopefully it goes as well as it did last year for Thanksgiving. That's when they got that win over 17th-ranked Florida State. Now, that was two years ago, wasn't it? Now, Thanksgiving always tends to be good for them, although uh, you had the uh, you know the one-canceled event down in uh, Las Vegas because of the organizers. What they do? They went down, they took on uh, A&M. Not the Longhorns, it was A&M, and uh, one on their court there. So Now, the holidays tend to treat Coach Gerald's and company pretty darn good. I mean, they got that huge boost last week hearing it. Janae Terry's coming back, Caitlin Harbor, Ellie, Abby, having Abby Ellis back was big too. And this is supposed to be a really good recruiting class coming in for them. So it's a 10 team field, no times or opponents yet, but eight of the other 10 were announced Columbia, East Carolina, Georgia, Oklahoma State, Penn State, Seton Hall, and USC. Uh, all going to be uh, in this event. And I hear Nassau is really nice at the end of November compared to Indiana. So you got that going for you, which is uh, which is nice. And that's it. And that's all we got on the uh, things that we missed today. I want to thank Coach Aaron Wood for being on with us here. We're trying to get our Friday guests lined up, but... If you want to go back and take a listen to his interview, and you should if you missed it, because I thought it was really, really good. I asked, I sounded terrible. He sounded great. But you can go back and take a listen to that. We always post our uh, shows on Spotify, uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Give us a follow on our new Twitter handle, at The Hammer Sports. And that's at The Hammer Sports. Give us a follow there, and uh, you can take a listen to it. Or you can follow us on Facebook as well. Just search for 1017 The Hammer. And, uh, yeah, it's it's that easy. It comes right up, and you can listen to the shows. Uh, we'll get the links up for you there as well. Big thank you, guys, because you've been huge supporters of the last couple of weeks of the articles and the uh, podcast. We've been doing some record numbers in a lot of areas, so we appreciate you guys supporting the local sports. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow. Friday should be interesting here. We'll get you updated with the Masters. We'll uh, be in the middle of Cubs baseball tomorrow as well. They've got an early one against the uh, Rangers. I didn't see who's up. Is it Steele's on the mound, if I remember correctly, tomorrow? I just remember it was an early game. Or it was supposed to be an early game. 220. That's Stroman on the mound. Sorry, it's Stroman versus Ivaldi. Uh, well, that'll be interesting. Cubs' uh, early line is minus 120. White Sox will take on a uh, suddenly good Pittsburgh Pirates team. I know it's really weird for me, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about it just yet, but Lucas Giolito on the mound tomorrow. You know how I feel about Lucas Giolito. Do we get the good Lucas Giolito, or do we get the sketchy one? I guess we'll find out. We'll talk about it all tomorrow. Back here on the Hammer Down.